ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. A growing chorus of industry and community voices are concerned about a proposed carbon capture and storage project that would see liquefied carbon dioxide, CO2, injected into a water-producing aquifer within the Great Artesian Basin. Ellie Bradfield reports. So the Great Artesian Basin is one of the largest underground freshwater resources in the world. It really is a wonder uh, of the world. Joe Shepherd is CEO of the Queensland Farmers Federation. It generates approximately $13 billion in value to the national economy every year. It's a vital resource for over 180,000 people, over 7,600 businesses and 120 towns. So it's a natural resource that uh, is not only heavily relied upon by agriculture, but it's also the lifeblood of multiple industries and regional communities. The biodiversity also that is supported by the GAB is incredible. And I think the environmental value of this natural asset is immeasurable. It is the envy of the rest of the world. Glencore is one of the world's biggest coal miners. Its subsidiary, Carbon Transport and Storage Corporation, CTSCO, is planning a trial capturing CO2 from the Milmerin power station and injecting it deep underground. Joe Shepherd says it's attempting to fix one environmental issue, but creating another. In this case, on one hand, we're doing everything we can to safeguard the environment, yet on the other side, we're putting it at risks. You know, CCS cannot just be a vehicle for big business to meet their emission offset targets. CCS projects cannot be rushed into, and if we do, we are likely to cause perverse outcomes, perhaps unintentionally, but perverse outcomes all the same, where we will end up risking the very environment that we're trying to protect. The trial involves turning the carbon dioxide into a liquid form and then trucking it to a storage well near the farming town of Mooney. Over the three-year trial, CTSCO plans to inject up to 110,000 tonnes of the waste CO2 each year into the precipice sandstone. It's a groundwater formation in the Great Artesian Basin, which is about 2,300 metres underground. Ken Cameron is a major Queensland pig producer. His Cameron Pastoral Company holds a licence to extract water less than 10 kilometres from the same aquifer CTSCO is proposing to store waste CO2. We've set ourselves up, been building a, a, a pork producing business here for the last 40 years, um, working towards uh, future growth, and we've got ourselves positioned where we can produce more than double the number of pigs we currently do from the subject properties and yes this will potentially have a huge impact on that because that growth is dependent on using water from the precipice aquifer. And he's worried. This is a trial. It's a 330,000 tonne trial pumping industrial waste into the GAB. Well trials typically conducted when you're not sure what the outcome will be Uh, and, and the GAB is not a plaything. It's not something you do trials on to see you know, what at what impact it's going to have. I just don't understand how anyone can contemplate letting this continue. And you said obviously this will have an impact on your mixed farming operation, but what about the impact on agriculture more broadly? If this does go ahead, what could this look like? Nobody actually knows. The waste they're pumping in, uh, which happens to be CO2 in this instance, acidifies the, the water that can lead to leaching of heavy metals out of the the rock. And as everybody knows, 
high pressure flows to low pressure. So there, if there are extraction points, and there are, and will be more of them, the high pressure created by injecting under very, very high pressures, injecting the waste into the aquifer, that will migrate towards those water bores. And when it arrives there, well, it'll be devastating. It, it really will. Hydrogeologist Ned Hamer shares those concerns. So the injection of that acidic water will, in accordance with the EIS itself, will dissolve the rock where the injected CO2 enters the aquifer, dissolve the rock and the dissolved minerals and metals um, in that rock will migrate with groundwater, with the groundwater flow. Yeah, so into the water resource and towards uh, users of the aquifer, so those that have got balls pumping in the aquifer. And those minerals include or metals include arsenic and lead and, and other heavy metals that make the water unsuitable for any use, particularly those uses that are occurring at the moment, such as for livestock. And there's a number of towns that rely on the precipice sandstone aquifer for town water supply, so it's not just livestock drinking. Precipice sandstone is used by many towns. The town of Dolby is, um, well, the council, Western Downs Regional Council, are currently actively drilling into the precipice sandstone for uh, a town water supply into the into the precipice sandstone at the moment. CTSCO insists the impacts on the precipice aquifer will be localised and only minor. A spokesperson said our EIS details a range of comprehensive monitoring and verification management measures to ensure the injected food-grade carbon dioxide does not impact any existing or potential GAB water users. With no predicted impacts on existing or future groundwater users, CTSCO consider the proposed injection testing project to be viable. Ned Hamer has raised issues with the company's modelling and the assumptions that are built into it. All details of the EIS and the project should be scrutinised because it's not being clearly communicated. Unfortunately, the public doesn't have a, another opportunity to review the revised EIS. The, the Department of Environment and Science have that opportunity, uh, along with uh, experts that they employ, to review the, to review the model. And QFF has highlighted concerns with the modelling. What are your issues with it that you would like to bring to the attention of the department, for example? Typically, all of these assumptions and the input parameters, limitations and uncertainties are all stated in, in a table for the reviewer to work through systematically. Fundamentally, there's, there's, there's a lack of clarity in the, in, in, in the model inputs. Secondly, Models are only as good as the data that's collected from, from, from the field. Appropriate methodologies would involve pump testing a large volume of rock up to, up to kilometres away from the injection well to determine the aquifer hydraulic properties which they'd plug into the model to provide uh, a lot more confidence in the model outcomes. So some of the fundamental field work has not been completed. We'd hope, we would have hoped over the period between the release of the EIS and the subsequent revised EIS that work would have been done. Uh, it doesn't appear that any site work has been done, only more modelling has been undertaken. So the only new information, new technical information on the potential impacts on the GAB since the previous EIS is, is, it, is more modelling without, without, uh, without the application of, of some of the standard field data gathering and inputs required to to make that modelling accurate. 
The company says groundwater quality and geochemistry assessment required a range of geological and water assessments. The spokesperson said CTSCO have conducted the sampling and assessments appropriate and relevant for CO2 injection. When Glencore first submitted its draft environmental impact statement, it said the water was saline and unsuitable for agriculture. But now its language seems to have changed as it responds to public submissions. Joe Shepherd explains. The original EIS uh, described the water as being unusable. The revised EIS describes the water as being usable in some circumstances. Our advice from industry and from experts that we have engaged has always believed the water to be usable, certainly usable for uh, stock purposes and if treated, uh, usable for human consumption as well. So that shift in language, I guess, uh, does not leave any of us with, you know, any, any confidence. A CTS co-spokesperson said after submissions during the EIS public consultation process, it engaged a livestock health expert to assess the potential usability of this high fluoride water for livestock. The spokesperson said this assessment identified certain conditions where this groundwater could be consumed by some livestock. Ned Hamer says he hasn't been able to find any other carbon capture and storage projects globally that involve injection of liquefied CO2 into a water resource aquifer. Based on the research that we've done, there are no other carbon capture and storage projects globally, let alone in Australia, that involve injection of liquefied CO2 into a water resource aquifer. All of the other projects globally are specifically targeting depleted oil and gas reservoirs or deep isolated saline formations or, or, or both. So that, that's what sort of sets this project apart from all the others globally. And it's a big differentiation, I think, an important differentiation. Ken Cameron says the project must be scrapped. This has never been done before. It, it will be a world first. No one has ever pumped a liquefied CO2 into an aquifer that is uh, used for domestic and agricultural purposes. So it's fraught uh, with danger and there's no guarantees what, what the results will be. So, you know, my parallel is to the Link Energy debacle near Kogan and the taxpayer and the environment are still paying the price. Queensland Conservation Council Director David Copeman says while not always allies, farmers and environmentalists are united in their opposition. I think it's fairly widespread. You know, yeah, there are times when farmers and environmentalists might have a different take on it, but we all agree that we have to protect our natural water resources, particularly from processes that will degrade them. You know, whether you're an environmentalist or a farmer, you know that the water that comes out of the Great Artesian Basin is really important and protecting the environmental values in the Great Antarctic Basin is really important. And so that's why I think there's a really strong unified position from all of us about saying we don't want this risky project to go ahead. He says the plan is a PR exercise for Glencore and a relic of the former government. We've got a plan for transitioning our energy system to 100% renewables, which you know reduces the emissions permanently. And, and so this project is not designed to actually reduce the emissions. You know, the government's put out the Queensland Energy and Jobs Plan. That's saying how we're going to move to 100% renewables. You know, as part of the climate wars, people invested money in, in carbon capture and storage projects because they were a way to justify continued coal development. I actually think this is a leftover artefact 
of those times. You know, the, the previous government threw money at carbon capture and storage projects, but now we have a new plan to decarbonise our energy system. We don't need carbon capture and storage for coal-fired power stations. So I think it's, it's an artefact that's left over and Glencore are holding on to it because they want to keep with their, the old business practice. But Jo Shepherd says she's not giving up the fight. When we think about the Great Artesian Basin and the natural water-producing asset that it is, uh, it is becoming more and more important to really protect that asset for future generations, for future agricultural businesses, for future regional communities, uh, as we do enter this period of, um, I guess, climate climate uncertainty. For decades, agriculture has been working really closely with uh, the state government here in Queensland um, with a program of long-term boring, bore and capping um, initiatives that are really designed to, you know, water, water, waterproof and watertight the gap. So that's the level of commitment that agriculture has to maintaining uh, this incredible asset. So when when farmers and agriculture and regional communities look at this this trial project. The other concern that they have, apart from the, 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 you know, the impact on that particular aquifer, is you know, if, if this trial were to go ahead, will that open, open the door to potentially a, a raft of other CCS projects aimed for the GAB? And what will be the cumulative effect uh, in years to come? Given all of that then, how hard will QFF and the other groups that are on board fight So QFF, our peak body colleagues, community representatives, individual businesses and enterprises are all banding together with a united voice raising these concerns. We're concerned about the short, the medium, long-term implications. So there's a unified approach and, um, yeah, we're not not dropping this issue because it's just too important, too important for agriculture but too important for the future of regional communities. Joe Shepherd, the CEO of the Queensland Farmers Federation, ending that report from Ellie Bradfield.